Welcome to our bonus episode, episode 104, round seven of our series, this part, Intimacy and MS. Today we are joined by fellow MSer Roxanne Chanel Murray and podcast host of Sipping Tea with Roxy. We felt that it is really important to highlight the importance of trust and honesty when it comes to a topic as intimate, I guess you could say, as kink and all the things that we are talking about. I think that so often, well, at least for us, this is really exciting. And so I think that we have a tendency to kind of jump in Maybe not thinking about all of the repercussions that repercussions, yeah, yeah, intricacies and repercussions and all of that. So it's really important, I think, to step back and focus on the importance of, again, like I said, trust and honesty and the implications of all of that into this really deep level of intimacy. The following content is intended for a mature audience only. Please be advised that the podcast is meant for entertainment purposes. We do not endorse or promote products. The Myelin and Melanin podcast discusses the life experiences of the hosts and their guests. Each guest that appears consents to sharing their personal story and experience. If you have questions regarding your sexual health, please consult your medical team. Also, the Myelin and Melanin podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We are not providing medical, psychological, or religious advice whatsoever. Should you become pregnant, it's not our fault. Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us through our Patreon. Patrons gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, myelin and melanin merchandise, and more. Our Patreon can be found at patreon.com forward slash myelin melanin. We also want to give a special thanks to our music producer, Shah Severe, for providing our podcast music over the past three seasons. Hi, Roxanne. We are happy to have you back again. Thank you for visiting us. Yes. So, yeah, today's topic is kind of heavy, but it's needed and definitely necessary in terms of, you know, talking about safety and and, and intimacy and intimate moments with someone sexually intimate. And trust. And trust, absolutely. It's it's personal. So, you know, as Dawn mentioned before you know we're and even throughout the series you know we're getting into discussions of kink and you know people's different kinks and safety and trust and all these things and so when we got into the discussion about breath play for whatever reason I just I don't know like something you know when you just kind of get triggered and you're not really sure why 
And after we recorded, it dawned on me that my friend Kelly was killed um, and died doing that kind of activity. And I'm not, yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole specifics. I'm going to link a couple articles in the show notes if people are interested in Kelly's uh, story. But to make a long story short, um, a friend of mine, we weren't great friends, but we were friends nonetheless. She went missing in 2013. And, and just also some backstory, she's a, she was a white, cis, able-bodied woman. And all that is important, I think, in the context of what we're talking about as people who have chronic illnesses and whatever. And obviously, three women, you know, in this recording who are not white. Anyhow, so Kelly went missing in 2013, and it was a huge thing that she went missing. I mean, as it should be if anyone goes missing. But again, she's white. We know that stories of Black women going missing don't always get sensationalized, but that's a whole other story. But um, it eventually came out that Kelly had likely died um, engaging in kinky sex, quote unquote, with her partner at the time. And to make a long story short, and at this the story sound well i don't want to say it sounds sensational because it is but she enga- she died engaging in a breath play type activity with her partner and he ended up she died and he ended up concealing and disposing of her body and throwing her in the woods somewhere very sad tragic horrific story but it became very newsworthy here in Milwaukee and nationally and uh, yeah, so it kind of triggered me thinking about all these things. It really made me think about the fact that if Kelly was not white, if she was not a cisgender woman, if she was disabled, her death would not have probably been newsworthy. It wouldn't have been as sensational as it was. And when I say sensational, I'm just using, I'm talking about it in the context of it being huge news. Like it wouldn't have been a thing that a black disabled uh, trans woman, for example, what, you know, went missing. It wouldn't have been, you know, she would have been forgotten. She could have been forgotten. And so all of this got me to thinking about how important knowing your partner is and really trusting your partner when engaging in any sort of sexual activity, but specifically um, any sort of bondage or kink or anything like that. Because, you know, in the series, and Don had mentioned this, and I think we, you know, it's exciting to learn about new things and wanting to engage in, you know, new, um, new endeavors, um, but whole new world. Yeah, it is a whole new world and it's exciting, but it's like, before we even get into it, you know, even before consenting to any of this, you have to be able to trust and know the partner that you're dealing with. And also know enough yourself as well in what oh, you yes. want to get involved in too definitely helps. Yes. That. 
so absolutely you can judge the person in question that you plan to exactly take act with it's really important exactly mm-hmm. and again you know i mentioned the fact that kelly was white kelly was you know able-bodied kelly was a cisgender she woman she and she was young and she was pretty and all these things it her disappearance became news but you know i'm thinking about again anyone who is not any of those categories it may not have been newsworthy that she went missing you know what i'm saying and so that no, trust even more important um such an important thing yeah yeah especially for gay youth in america oh, yes. i think especially for trans women um there's so much violence that is put up against them um, in sexual scenarios. Yes. Um, and trust is a massive issue that someone wants you to have intercourse with them at the end of it. They're not going to try and attack you in any way yes. or um, not respect your boundaries as a human being. And that's something that would never make the news, especially in America. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that person would be probably wouldn't even be named. And if they were named, it would be like two days and it'd be like, that's it. You would never hear mm-hmm. it again. Yes, And that happens exactly. quite regularly in America as well. The amount yes. of deaths the gay youth is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. This wouldn't be something that I could get into. This couldn't be my kink because I know myself. And that was something that you just said, Roxanne, about knowing yourself. I know myself and it doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. And so I know that if someone were to try to do some sort of breath play with me, if my partner was, I would stop it immediately because I know, I know my own personal boundaries. It yeah. just wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think too, like, you know, in the situation, bringing it back to Kelly, her name was Kelly Dwyer. And, you know, people listening, I encourage you to Google it and um, read about the story. It's, it's really fascinating. But that was her kink. So if it is your kink, like, that's okay. No shame. However, yeah, no, you got to know the partner that you're dealing with. You got to know that they yeah. know what they're doing. And like you had said, just a few, uh, minutes ago Roxanne you got to know that they're going to respect your boundaries and that they're they going to respect your humanity right and they respect that you're interchanging together like you were yes. giving them something as much as they're meant to be giving you something because you're, exactly. you're both playing a role yes right absolutely well this this man who harmed her probably really got off on making taking things to that limit you know what i mean like all the way there well Mm. yeah and if and again like i I encourage people to uh read about her story but in and again like this probably wouldn't even have went to court and had all the hoopla that happened surrounding it if she wasn't a young white woman but um in court it came out that you know, they had tracked down some of his past sexual partners and, you know, he, they accused him of rape and not respecting their boundaries and getting a bit too rough and not, you know, and taking it further than what they had consented to. So he Which had a pattern of this. Dangerous wow. in itself. Yes. Because I do find that stories like this can impact the culture as well. Yes. Because people mm-hmm. start believing that 
it can only be people that are degenerate or people that are violent actually violent that want to exactly. actually act out to that level that are into that and that's absolutely not true exactly and um, that's dangerous just because if someone else now says that how people are going to view them it will definitely be off based on a guy like that who clearly is violent and yes at a level of predator in a sense because absolutely yeah yeah that's what it sounded like when I read the article after you sent it to me, Dana. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think this man had some some challenges and oh, he did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was a he is a a horrific human being. Period. Yeah. Like he yeah. and again, it, that's a really good point, Roxanne. That he ends up being becoming like the poster the of what of yeah of what being right. and it's I Which mean based yeah right. Because younger generation, like, especially the songs, if you listen to, like, what songs like that recently, uh-huh. you will hear things about, you know, choke me, da da da, da all these uh-huh. levels of thing. And a lot of people like to be choked while they're having sex, especially right. in, like, a doggy-style scenario. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go to that level, but people hear that, and then they go straight here. And it's, yes. it's, it's the weird thing, because it's not, it's not, not, pleasurable in the right place with the right people doing the right thing knowing like that space so i can see why someone would want that to be their thing it's just sad for kelly that it was the wrong person that she trusted right yes yeah exactly and it is you know i am again so she went missing in 2013 i think that her killer um his trial was in 2018 or 2019 so this was an ongoing thing and so right and it stayed in the news like people you know if you are local here in milwaukee and mentioned kelly dwyer you will probably people will probably know who she is because of how much it was in the media and again i why this is so important you know as i've said before is that if she wasn't white I don't believe that that would be, you might've heard it for, you know, why, like when she first went missing and then that was it Mm -hmm. and that would just be it. Um, So the fact that it was newsworthy for so long and she is still a person in people's consciousness like that, it, it, as somebody who knew her, it, you know, makes me, it really fills my heart with joy that she is being remembered, but it makes me so sad because that wouldn't be the norm if she wasn't, you know, if she was other. No, I think, I yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. One other thing that irritated me about the article was um, the title. Like, well, not the article. It was like the sensationalized mm-hmm. media attack on her like for wanting to play in this arena and I don't think there's anything wrong with that you know what I'm saying absolutely yeah and And it it was was like oh the kid's death Uh it was a year after Fifty Shades of Grey so the whole world had taken into the BDSM lifestyle and everyone was looking in on it so she just happened to very much be in time with that dropping into the world so I think that's why people can specialize it so much because they'd already been involved or had heard this book that everyone was so into. So it just obviously played into that narrative. Yes. It's just like, again, it just shows 
this society is so dominated by men and what they think is a good girl versus a bad girl and the way that she was portrayed it to me yes. it just seemed like oh here's a a good girl gone bad and a and a bad <laughs> oh, thing yeah. gone wrong and it got her killed and it's almost like that type of wording yes. justifies the killing or justifies yeah. the fact that this horrible thing happened to her which is missing that misses the entire point it it, it skips Completely. over the point yeah totally skip that that is a really good point yeah it skips over the point that he you know her remains were found in a on the side of the road somewhere yeah i mean that's the bottom line really that we're talking about it's not even so and again like going back to how she died she you know died doing breath play or whatever that they were doing that happened and it's so messed up and she shouldn't her memory shouldn't be sullied because that is how she died because it's messed up and the reality and as Sarah had mentioned in the episode that we recorded you're taking on a certain amount of risk when you're engaging in this it's just is but again you need to know that your partner is not gonna you know conceal your body and (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And, and throw you yeah. away. Like you're a piece of trash. Which um, makes it more questionable whether it's like, does his kink lead to that level anyways? Yeah. You know, is that his intention all along? We don't know. And that's right. You know, exactly. Right. Had he been thinking, and of course we'll, we'll never. makes him more of a psychopath than it makes him someone that's right. into kink. Into kink. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because there are several people that are into kink and they are perfectly sane and normal and would never push people. I would say, yeah, most people (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's why it's so important. And what we really wanted to, to to stress is, like you said, Dana, from the beginning, it's trust and being a disabled um, person. All of us consider, or I guess, consider that now because we have MS, but it's so important to know who your partner is and what they're about. If you're going to dive into that kind of Mm -hmm. world, a lot of people, and we've said this in our previous series, a lot of people have fetishes, you know, maybe they want to flip you upside down in your wheelchair. I don't know. I I, I don't know. You know what I mean? But (laughs) are you, are you going to make sure that I'm safe when I'm flipping? You know what I mean? Like I need to know, I need to be able to trust you and I need to know that you're not going to push me. To date someone as a disabled person is a trust exercise in itself. So Absolutely. I know yes. some would say we're almost lucky, but we are not really going to involve and engage in intercourse or anything with someone that there is no trust issue with because it takes so much to be in a relationship anyways as a disabled person. So yes. we all have that as a benefit for us that we have to look at people differently anyways when engaging in relationships let alone sex with other people absolutely 100 percent. yes yeah i mean it's it's really 100 percent trusting you yourself and that you feel completely confident in in expressing how you feel and what's comfortable for you what's feeling unsafe you know what i mean like you have Mm -hmm. to be able to communicate that you have to be able to to stand firm 
and, um, and speak up for yourself and then a hundred percent trusting your partner. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like 50, 50 here. It's not, you know, no, it's like all in a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the bottom line listeners, why we felt that this conversation is so important is because the world of kink is super exciting and thrilling and tantalizing. You want to know more about it. You might want to like, hopefully, you know, this has opened your eyes to the possibilities that exist out there, the, you know, many realms of pleasure that exist out there. But with all of that excitement, we have to put trust way up before we even start thinking about engaging. I would argue. Mm -hmm. I think the BDSM community in general is about safety and trust. So I think when you engage things like this, you need to go to like reputable places where people congregate in social circles so that, you know, there is no, no one knows who you're sleeping with or there's that thing where there's like a face and a a community because then there's rules and there's regulations and to be honest I feel like most people don't know but it literally is a contract between two people Mm. to be in two different roles to serve each other and that's not always portrayed as BDSM people see it so as either smutty or dangerous Mm -hmm. but it can be sensual and it can be sexual and it can actually be liberating Yes. Yeah. yeah. Practice correctly. But yes. I don't think a lot of people take the time to learn the rules. They just execute the situations. And that in itself is an issue because, especially breath play, is not yes. for someone that doesn't know what they're doing. And that's why some people pay people to do it. Mm. Specifically, they want to do it in a safe environment, like a mistress or someone else that knows what they're doing rather mm-hmm. than letting someone that doesn't and some couples go to dungeons and places to learn the technique themselves yes it's not really something that you're meant to just take on board by yourself without any knowledge of what it is because there is rules and there is levels to how you execute that in a safe space for everyone including the person that is being the breath is uh-huh. being used on right mm-hmm. right you know? Because it can actually, weirdly enough, heighten an orgasm if done correctly. So it's quite a major kink in that community. Mm -hmm. This is so important. It is. It really is. It really is. Thank you so much for joining us, Roxanne. I know that this is like kind of like a, you know, I hope that this isn't just a downer for everyone. Like Like, morbid. Okay, right. But the reality is that... Kelly was a person and this happened to somebody that I know. And so it's more than just, you know, reading an article. Oh, this is messed up. This happened to someone. This, this, this is very real to me. And so I bring her up again, not to, you know, caution people not to engage in this type of stuff, but it's just to caution people to know who you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Trust your partner. This is real. And um, yeah, trust your partner, consent, and then have fun. Yeah, knowledge. Knowledge, yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Roxanne, where can people find you online? I know we ask you this all the time, but just in case people haven't listened to any of your 
previous episodes <laughs> where can people find you um the best place to find me is always on instagram at multiple sclerosis fashionista um there's also my new podcast coming out at spilling tea with roxy that should be launching mid-september um come and say hi i'm always happy to say hello to people i'm always down for a conversation i like to talk as you can tell <laughs> thank you thank so you. much Roxanne. you're very welcome Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.